If you could change one thing about Twitter, what would it be? Give us an edit button, please. I think I would like to see a little green bubble next to someone's name if they're online, like actively on the app. How many DMs are you sliding in that you need that kind of comfort? (laughs) How many many threes does Steph Steph Curry shoot in a season? Copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. What's up, what's up? Welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and I am here, as usual, with my fellas, Christian Winfield and Lethal Shooter. Fellas, how are you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? You're full? You gained some pounds? What's going on? My, my Thanksgiving was cool, but you know what I'm saying? Right now, I, I need a barber, Ash. It's looking, it's, it's getting real, real hectic on this side. I need to do something You need a barber this. and you need like a, a therapist. You're going through a it therapist. right now. So we'll oh, we'll touch upon it, but you look sad. You, where you at, Ash? <laughs> you look like you're in the library. You got books behind you. What's going on? <laughs> no, I'm at family's house from the holiday. I'll be back in the 305 Copy. tomorrow. But um, yeah, you you look a little sad. You okay? No, I'm not sad, man. Y- y'all always lift my mood, my spirits. You know what I'm saying? Lisa, no. how you doing, man? What's new with you? How was your Thanksgiving? Doing good, man. Just eating, shooting at night. You see, I've been going Yo, live. you are a machine. <laughs> My man said he ate five plates, and then a couple hours later, he's in the gym getting shots up. Yo, that really just burned off me. those calories somehow. I seen that. I was like, nah, I'm in the gym tomorrow. Woke up, <laughs> went right back to it. I'm like, nah, it's not happening. Lethal inspiration, yeah. Listen, we want to thank everybody for rocking with us, as always. Make sure you guys subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets because we are too cool for all of that. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you guys interact with us and you might hear your comments on the next show. All right, so check this out. Well, we are about a quarter of a way through the season. And when I think about the end of a quarter, I go back to my childhood and I think of report cards and I used to hide mine from my parents. But we're not going to do that because we're only grading on chemistry. That's right. We're only giving out letter grades for the chemistry of teams. Now, a few teams had major shakeups this offseason and we are here to give out grades like the basketball professors that we are and decide who passes and who fails. It's time for three on five. All right, y'all, check ball. It's time for us to go three on five. All right, so topic number one, professors, get your pens ready. It's the Los Angeles Lakers with a record of 11 and 11. Now, this team made a lot of headlines in the offseason when they acquired, you know, Brody, Russell Westbrook, in an attempt to form a big three. Now, things have been a little rocky in Los Angeles, and although the team right now is at 500. They have only played 11 games with the leader of the team, LeBron James, and they're four and seven in those games. So lethal. I'm going to go ahead and ask you after a quarter of the season has been played, what grade would you give the chemistry of the Los Angeles Lakers? Um, chemistry wise, I'll give them a C minus. Um, but it's, but it's but it's coming Lethal together. That teacher, we ain't one in class, man. Yeah, Come he's the mean teacher that you ain't one. That he <laughs> yeah. don't oh, grade on the curve. Yeah, no, it's it's, <laughs> it's coming together because at first we all know it, it, it was a D because it was looking like it wasn't coming together. But as I watched them more and more, uh, it seems like people are starting to get to their spots better. Um, it seems like they're starting to understand each other. Most importantly, they're starting to understand Russell Westbrook as a point guard. Um, and watching the games. Um, from a training standpoint, it was a bit confusing at times. But I think now um, they're, they're starting to pick it up a little bit. They're not beating teams the way we thought they'd beat teams by 15, 20 points. But they're starting to get it together. So hopefully in a, in a few weeks we can say they're A. You know, one one thing we have to mention is that, you know, LeBron missed a lot of time, right? He only played in 11 games. And I don't know how you're going to be able to build chemistry with one of the best players to ever do yeah. it out of the rotation. Right. And then on top of that, you're trying to fold in Russell Westbrook. And if you look at Russ over his last five games or so, what is he averaging 26 points, nine rebounds, nine assists, right. shooting the ball a lot better. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, Lisa. I think their chemistry is going in the right direction. I think, you know, kind of like the Nets in a way, it, it, this was something that was always going to take some time over the course of a season. And uh, it's good to see them trending in the right direction. I'm going to go ahead and give them a C, just right down the middle. They are 500. Right. You know, a C is, you know, as mediocre as you can get. Not great, but 
not the worst, obviously. You can't be the worst with a team that has LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, and, and all the other big names that they have on their squad. But yeah, you know, chemistry is one of those things. And, and we've kind of seen this from time to time with different big threes that or super teams that have been formed in the history of the league. I think back to the big three era in Miami. You know, that first season, although they performed exceptionally well, they didn't go ahead and win the chip right off the bat because chemistry is one of those things. It has to gel. It has to develop. It has to grow. You have to learn people's strengths. You have to learn their weaknesses, not only as players, but coaches have to learn that too. And you can't always just throw a bunch of guys in the mix that are good friends outside of the game and think that they that they can play well together. Right. You know, that's not always the case. Some styles just don't mesh well. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Lakers if the event rises where, you know, the chemistry does not grow fast enough for what the goal is, because that's a possibility Facts. too. They may get better, but they may not get better enough to go ahead and achieve what the goal is, and that is to win the chip. So it'll be interesting to see if they move any pieces around. But on the other side of that, I don't really know what they can do. Their hands are kind of tied. You know, Russell Westbrook has a hefty contract. Right. And, you know, as much as a fan of Brody as I am, and I've made no secret of this, there are things about him that teams will be wary of. And we've seen that with the Lakers. We've seen that with the Wizards. We've seen that in OKC. We've seen that in Houston. And I think also, you know, like I said, that salary is hefty. And a lot of people are not going to be willing you know, to pay it. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the event that it just does not work the way they need it to work. Um, but they might just be stuck, truthfully. You know, you guys are giving them C's, C minus. You know, I'm the cool teacher. You feel me? I'm, I'm going to give them a B minus. I'm going I'm going to give them I'm going to give them a little bit of rope. Like I said, LeBron was out and got a lot of new guys trying to figure out how to play with each other. Um, and I'm also using that great as a projection. I think that chemistry is going to increase so far. And I, I recognize the strides that they've made so far. Uh, so, yeah, I'll give them a B minus. All right. Well, listen, apparently everyone wants to be in Christian's class. That's cool, though. You know what I'm saying? Well, so one of us <laughs> got to be the cool teacher. I, I, I'll do it. All right, so for topic number two, we're going to go ahead and head down to the dirty south with the Dallas Mavericks sitting at 10 and 8. Now, look, when the Mavs traded for Porzingis, somebody that my New York Knicks know very well, he was supposed to be the number two alongside Luka. And a lot of people envisioned a championship in the near future for this squad. It hasn't really been the case because they haven't really been able to coexist on the court together. They've had very limited time together, but they didn't really make big changes changes to their roster either but they did add this might be the silver lining Jason Kidd as their new head coach who can possibly cultivate some new chemistry for this team now Christian I have to ask you a quarter of a way through the season what grade would you give the Dallas Mavericks they call me the cool teacher not just because I hand out good grades because I I got to call it how it is. Uh, the Mavericks are never going to be legitimate championship contenders in my book. Wow. I think they are Whoa. a step below the actual contenders, right? And that, I'm just, it's just me calling a spade a spade. I think they're a piece away. I like right. I like Luka. I love Luka's game. I like KP as that piece. But I think you need one more star in that mix to really contend with a team. Like, like if they're going up against the Lakers in a seven-game series, I'm picking the Lakers every time. They just have too many weapons. They're going to overwhelm them. And then other teams, right? If you you can see the, the, the Mavericks versus the Clippers. I still might even look at the Clippers as a team that can get them. I don't think that they have enough. So, I mean, and... You, you look at bringing in a new head coach, Jason Kidd, he obviously has head coaching experience, but he has to learn these players. The players have to learn him. I think the chemistry is a B, but I mean, I, I don't see the potential for this team to Im improve in chemistry to a point where that'll make a difference in the long run. I think they are who they are right now. And until they add another piece to this mix, I don't think we're going to see them do anything more than a second round exit. I think a player's best asset in this league is their availability sure. and Porzingis hasn't had the best ability or availability rather and that's been a critique of him since he was in New York right and I know you know in the past a lot of people said oh it was the Knicks and the curse of that front office and that organization they don't know how to manage talent and now you're seeing look it really wasn't just the New York Knicks he's just a guy that you know is prone to a lot of injuries in one way shape or form mm -hmm. and Luca, really the success that the Mavericks had have had in these recent seasons has been solely on Luca's back. And yes, you have Tim Hardaway Jr. down there and he's he's good for, you know, support and, and putting up, you know, 20 points here or mm -hmm. 15 points there or a couple assists here. But you don't have, like you said, that Robin to Luca's Batman and, and you know, the 
criticism of Porzingis is he can't sometimes be Robin. You know, you can't sometimes right. be the sidekick. You can't sometimes be that partner in crime. In order to be a true contender, you have to have some sort of stability and some sort of consistency for your superstar. And you're right, the Mavericks really haven't had that. Right. Lethal, you know, you work with these players, you know, you you played in professional environments. Can chemistry compensate for a gap in talent or is that gap in talent just going to be too much no matter what? Yeah, unfortunately, with them being in the West, the gap of talent is, like you're saying, it's just not enough. Um, I love the role players that they have, but it's not the type of role players that's needed to win a championship. And, and it's starting to show. You know, Luka's doing extremely way too much for them to win. For them to win, I think Luka has to have, like, crazy numbers, mm. like 30, mm. 10, and 7. And, I mean, he's still young. It's like they're they're already riding him like he's in his prime. And, he's, you mm. know, and I just feel like, um, like you were saying, Ashley, they just need that that next superstar to come in because all due respect to Bazingas, he's a great player, but he's not that second uh, Robin like you were saying. I, I can't say that if I'm a coach, you know what, every single night I can rely on him to give me that 30-piece and, and stay healthy. And I feel like once they find out what that piece is, I think then then they can take it to the next level. But right now, they're just going to be a fun team to watch because they have Luka. He's very exciting. He's going to get the views that's needed for the NBA but to win a championship, I don't think they have all the pieces that it takes to win a championship, especially how how loaded the West is with the Suns, the Lakers, the Clippers, um, Utah, et cetera. These teams are, are loaded from, from start to finish. Well, first, I want to get your letter grade. So what would your letter grade be? Yeah, I was going to hold off on that because you guys called me the bad teacher. But I I, 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 <laughs> I didn't call I, you that, I, Lethal. That I, was Christian. I'll, get, I'll, <laughs> I'll give them only because I watched them against the Wizards two days ago. And I, I was just it was just. It wasn't good basketball to me. Like mm. they're putting up the points. I, I I'll give them a D. Ooh, yeah. feisty. It can get better, but I feel like if you continue, like uh, Chris is saying, if you continue to think you could just ride Luca like that, th- this isn't going to be good basketball. And it's kind of like a good example with the Nets. Uh, you know, you can't just continue to try to give James Harden the ball every single possession to get him to save the day. So, you know, I'll give them a D until things change, but they do have the potential to be an A team once they get that extra player and start doing what they need to do. You know what, Lethal, you you inspired me. I'm dropping my grade down. I think I gave them a B. I'm oh going to drop gosh. them down to a C. Oh, um, so I'm doing now, that. now Mavs fans, do me a favor. I oh, did my not goodness. have anything to do with him changing. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to work with your players. That's I think you though. have to give a team like Dallas a C just for the fact that, I mean, they were able to draft Luka. Right. I mean, you, you got to give them some credit, right? You know, to have Well, you Luka said the play. Disposal- if we're going off decisions that they made in the draft room, I no, go No, no, no. I'm saying, like, the team can't ever really get below a C when you have Luka on it. You know what I mean? Like, if there's just some things that kind of prevent it from really free-falling, and that's Luka Doncic. There your ground lethal if they we look at D. it like this from a from a coaching standpoint i'll do respect to the wizards those are my guys i know a lot of guys on their team but Say they're in the east they're in the eastern conference right now and to me they're a good team but they're not a great team and dallas is in the west and that's yeah. supposed to be an easy win for them but mm-hmm. they lost to the wizards and that's no disrespect to the wizards that's unacceptable to dallas like that's supposed to be one of those games where they're supposed to win and if they're losing games like that <laughs> if they're going against competitors they're in the west those games, they're, they're lose by like 12 or, or plus. Yeah. Well, I think you bring up a good point. You know, if this was a team in the East, obviously I think that letter grade would be a lot higher, right? But because you're in the West, which still, although the East has caught up, the, the West is still, you know, the prominent, the dominant conference, yeah. right? So I think because of that, they're at a deficit that they have to, in order to get themselves out of, they have to make some moves. And yeah. it's going to be interesting what they do because at the end of the day, look, that roster, like you said, outside of the two names we were talking about, Porzingis and T- Tim Hardaway Jr., there's really not much left to kind of help Luka. Yeah, you have some guys that are good here and there. I'm a Trey Burke fan, have been, you know, yeah. since the New York days. Yeah. But it's not enough in nah. the West. If this was a different conference, if this was the East, it might be enough. It might be enough to continue to build on. You wouldn't have to blow it up but i think this is an experiment that kind of has run its course since, yeah, we're, since we're talking chemistry yeah. you got you, you gotta blow it up it, yeah. it's it's run its course definitely yeah. the third most impactful player for the mavericks this season has been jalen brunson Absolutely. now jalen brunson is good he can play he, he's he, we're not saying he's sorry but yeah we're not saying he's, he's sorry but if you're if you're trying to compete for a championship that's unacceptable and i don't you need, even you like need a little more than that either chris i don't like how in tough situations too they're letting him go iso it's like what? What, what, is, are you, what, what are you guys yeah, doing? Nah, like, not. how about put him in a in a situation where he's maybe coming off doing something differently? Because I feel like the ISO people people are sitting on that thing very well. They're they're sitting on that. They're sitting on that left hand. 
I got a question, and we're going we gonna to spice it up a little bit. If you're the Mavericks, do you trade several of your role players to the Nets for Kyrie Irving? I mean, for Kyrie Irving, I'll give up Jupiter. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, don't ask yeah. me that. I'll give up the whole goddamn team and keep Luka and, and, and three other players and have one of the coaches put a damn jersey on. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> because Kyrie, if Kyrie can't play in New York because of vaccine mandates, and yeah. if he can leave next year as a free agent, you want to trade him somewhere like Texas, like Florida, that have lax vaccine uh, protocols. And on top of that, you want to trade him somewhere you can get something back. If I'm the Nets and I can get back Tim Hardaway Jr., Ooh. I can get back maybe Jalen Brunson. Ooh. I can get back Dorian Finney-Smith. Those I are good pickups. Back, you know what I'm saying? And I can maybe yeah. get back Reggie Bullock. Ooh. Go for it. Do it, right? I, I think I, they I should know. do it. And and they have a good relationship with Dallas because they hired Nico. You know, he's a he right. was a Nike guy. And then they got Jason Kidd, who's a point guard. And I, and right. I think the pieces are around. Um, for for something like that to be done, that you know, that was a that was a good uh, observation. What do you think, Ash? I mean, it's a matter of will Kyrie want to go there. Good point. That's the question. <laughs> good point. We talk about Kyrie Irving now, right? Listen, yeah. listen, man. Oh I man. think listen. This is Kyrie, and you know, trading him is is not really that of an asinine, far fetched idea, right? It may be a possibility in the future. It may be the only possibility for the Nets. I mean, we see what's going on with the Nets now and obviously we'll get into it. They've had some substantial losses recently that are going to put a lot of pressure, additional pressure on Kevin Durant that he does not need. James right. Harden's very up and down. He's kind of, you know, you see him, he looks like a shell of himself. Sometimes yeah. you see him and you're like, okay, it's James Harden. He's back. Right, right. And then, like I said, the next game, you're like, who's this guy? Right. And obviously with Harris, again, it's a lot of pressure for Kevin Durant. He needs the help. I know Kyrie's his guy. But he can't hold out forever. Come this on. team cannot hold out forever. Come Time back, business Harry. waits for no man. And right. the Nets got to make a move if they want to start making moves, if you Absol get what I'm saying. Absolutely. So I get, you know, a trade for Kyrie or, you know, sounds good, but it's got to, you got to have Kyrie on board. Yeah. And it's that's a gamble. the tricky part because it Kyrie doesn't do what Kyrie doesn't want to do. Right. These are 100%. facts. But that clock is ticking. If I'm in Brooklyn, I'm looking at that trade deadline. Like, okay, we got how many days? Right. Okay. He's not about to get vaccinated. Okay, and there's not going to be any changes in this in the city ordinances. Okay, right. it's, it's tough. It's a tough situation. All right, so topic number three, we're going to head to a city that thinks they have better pizza than New York, but they don't, and that is Chi-Town, because the Chicago Bulls are sitting at 13 and 8. And look, the Bulls front office had a very, very, very busy summer when they acquired Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, and the Lakers killer Alex Caruso. And out of all the teams making moves, you can say that the Bulls had the biggest makeover, the biggest facelift of any team in the NBA. And listen, although Nikola Vucevic has missed time and, and Patrick Williams is out for the rest of the season, they have found a small ball style of play that really, really works for them and has been successful so far. Now, obviously, again, just a quarter of a way through the season, but Lethal, I have to ask you the chemistry grade that you would give these new Brand new, just fresh off the assembly line, Chicago Bulls. What would that grade be? I, I'll give them a B. Um, I would say um, a few weeks ago I would have gave them an A, but it seems like something isn't clicking the way it was clicking before unless teams are figuring out a certain way how to strategically stop them because it's not looking as easy as it was. At first they was looking like Showtime, um, and now it seems like stuff is looking a bit confusing. But I, I'll stick with a solid B for right now, but I do think, um, like like we were saying about um, Luca, they can't try to um, just ride certain players and Zach Levine. I feel like they were riding him to the to the wheels fell fell off, and I think teams were starting to realize like, hey, let's push Zach Levine on defense so he's tired doing offense. So we're gonna need certain people, um, just like Alex Caruso. I love his game. I love that he dunks the ball, but he needs to shoot the ball consistently. Um, I love DeMar DeRozan, but, you know, teams are sagging back, forcing him to shoot the three ball. Um, I love all the role players, but it's just small things that teams um, that, that take good notes are starting to key in on. And it's time for those guys to step up because the Bulls have a great chance to me to make some noise that we all three of us agreed in the beginning of the season. We, we all agree that they could be top three in the East. Uh, but right now, I, I don't think. 13 to 8 shows their their true character. I think I think they should only have about four losses right now. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, again, this is just a quarter of a way through the season, so it's too soon to crown anybody a champion Absolutely. or anybody's really going to upset, you know, the the seedings or anything like that. But I do think it's impressive, especially for an organization that has kind of been in a rut for a yeah, while. Yeah. Obviously, this is the Chicago Bulls that had the GOAT Michael Jordan a part of their, their franchise for years, and they went ahead and won multiple rings back-to-back. And, you know, they're part of, you know, one of the greatest teams of M- in NBA history. And, you know, they have that those accolades and they have that history, but they haven't really been able to recreate that magic. Obviously, Derrick Rose was, was supposed to be that new era and injuries had a different plan for him. And, you know, that was very unfortunate because I think everybody was a fan of Derrick Rose, whether you were a Bulls fan or not, you could not hate on what that, you know, at the time, what that kid brought to the game. I mean, it was something we've never seen before, but I have to give credit where credit is due. They, you know, their free agency was exceptional. Absolutely. And and for a team that kind of was forgotten about for so many years, they really were able to formulate a group of guys that work well together. And I think that the ceiling is very high for. I don't think that, you know, the trajectory is, we've seen the best of this team yet. I think the trajectory can continue. I think they, they can continue to get better. And it's interesting, the small ball lineup that they constantly play, it makes me wonder if this is the new direction of the NBA, because we talk about this a lot, how traditional centers are becoming more and more obsolete, right? You want those dual threats. You want like the Bam out of Biles or the the Jokic, or you want, you know, you don't want the guys who can do more than just defend in the pain or just, you know, like a Mitchell Robinson. You don't want that traditional big man. You want a guy who can shoot if he has to. So it's interesting to see that, you know, the Bulls are able to kind of formulate and exist in that new space of playing and it's going to be interesting to see how they continue that but I got to give them a B plus because for a team that really just had Zach Levine at one point and that was you know the savior right and but there was nobody else around him to help to see the team that they are now it's it's impressive and that's all credit to the front office and that organization they did the damn thing in free agency if this was me giving them a grade for free agency i would give them an a oh yeah yeah if, if, this, agency, was, if this was free agency okay. we would give them an a uh-huh. we're talking about chemistry and here and here's a couple of things you know the bulls started the season six and one and they're seven and seven since then right they, they their losses have come since going six and one they've lost to philadelphia twice they lost back-to-back games to philadelphia like literally one after the other which is a good team though yeah yeah then they lost to golden state Right, Good which team. is a great team. And they mm-hmm. lost to Portland. Then they lost Good to team. Indiana. And then they lost to Houston. And then okay. recently they lost to Miami, 107 to 104. Right. So I, I think what we're okay, seeing wait, here, no, let me let me finish my point real quick. Okay, I think what ahead. we're seeing here is a team that low-key started to smell themselves a little early. They were six and one, they got hot, and they thought that they were all that, right? And and in fairness, they they can be all that towards the end of the season. But I think they still have a lot of room to grow. I think they have to get to that point. I do like what you're saying about them going small. I think that works. But now you've got to figure out how you can combine going small with also sticking to a traditional big lineup, right? Like, you've got to be able to win on the glass. You've got to be able to take advantage of other teams' weaknesses. I, I watched the the Bulls beat the brakes off the Nets. They won 118-95, to 95, but they really put it on them in that fourth quarter. And they just they, they haven't looked like the same team uh, that I saw that night. So I, I'm pumping the brakes on the Bulls a little bit. You know, at the beginning of the year, I said we could see one of two different Bulls. We either see the Bulls team that's going to be that top three team in the Eastern Conference, or we're going to see a team that implodes and and does not look like a team that's going to make any noise. Right now, I think we're still in that beginning, right, where I think they can still trend towards being a top three team in the East, but they've got some work to do if they want to hold that standing. You got to think of it. You got to look at the standing. The Bucs are a team that's going to end up in the top of the East, right? We're looking at the Sixers. They're going to turn around. The Nets are up there. Uh, I think the Bulls have a little ways to go, but I do like what they have on their roster. But let me ask you this, you know, is the fact that they've lost to teams like Golden State, exceptional team, like the 76ers, although they have drama going on, still a really good team. Portland, you know, is always solid. They're consistent. They may not be where they should be, but they're solid. They're consistent. They're reliable. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned Houston. Every team has a bad game against a team that they should beat, right? You get a little lazy. We've seen it happen with the Lakers and some of the other big names in the NBA. Is that more of a conversation regarding talent versus talent roster versus roster and the matchups than it is chemistry because a lot of the teams you mentioned they're not scrubs so to say that you lost to them i don't know if that is a as much as a you know a strike against you in terms of chemistry as it is just the team had a better roster they've been playing together i mean well yeah i I think 
playing together longer gives you more of that chemistry. The reason they lost to Indiana, right, is because Indiana has a lot of the same core pieces that they've had for years, right? They've had some a lot of the same guys. Uh, losing to Houston, in my opinion, is is, is unacceptable, right? If you if you consider yourself yeah, a championship I mean, contender, you lose to my and and listen, you only lose to Miami by three. I think that's a good result. You know, I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to bash the Bulls. I think they're gonna be they're gonna end up being a really good team, but I just think they have a ways to go, uh, and they have to prove that they're gonna that they can hang with those teams. We're having the same conversation with the Nets. The Nets are beating all the teams that they're supposed to beat, mm-hmm. right? But you run into the Bucks, you run into the Bulls, you run into the Warriors, the Heat. The there's a bunch of different teams they lose to. The, it's it's tough. So you know, I, I'm I'm not here trying to trying to discount the Bulls right now. I think they're going to be a really good team. I just want to see a little bit more. I feel like they took their their uh, foot off the gas a little bit. All right. Well, on that note, speaking of teams that should have beaten the Houston Rockets by 20, topic number four, the New York Knicks, who played with their food at Madison Square Garden during that game. They are currently sitting at 11 and nine. And look, after a very unexpected fourth place finish in the Eastern Conference that had all of New York Millie rocking and celebrating like we just won the chip. These are facts. All right. (laughs) The Knicks seem to spend their money very wildly wisely in the offseason when they got Kemba Walker for pennies on the dollar and they signed shooting guard Evan Fournier to a four-year $78 million deal. Now again, it's only been 20 games, but the Knicks fans are already feeling the effects of a roller coaster that we have been on for many, many years. And listen, we've beaten, when I say we, just for people who are just tuning in, I am a Knicks fan. (laughs) They have regularly beaten some elite teams, but they have also lost to some of the bottom feeders of the NBA. So again, it's that very up and down style of play from the New York Knicks that fans dread and they have come to terms with. But before I ask you, I'm going to go ahead and as the resident Knicks fan on this podcast, I'm, I'm going to take this first one. The chemistry grade. I give my New York Knicks. Oh, I'm sorry, Knicks tell Nation. The truth. There it tell is. The truth. Call it how I'm it sorry, is. Knicks hold Nation. Up, hold up, Chris. Here it comes. Listen, Drum roll, go ahead. please. Go ahead. Go ahead. I gotta go. I gotta go. You better tell the truth. Uh, a C minus. I there gotta it go is. C-. Okay. There it is. Listen, Good job. Here's why. She got some backbone. You know, here's here's why. <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna keep it honest. I think Thank again. You. I do. I think the front office was very wise with what was available, and in terms of money, and in terms of long term deals and short term deals. I think they did what they could do with what was available and they didn't do anything crazy. And yeah. as, you're, as a Knicks fan, that's all you can ask, right? Yeah. Don't do anything crazy. Don't put us in a hole that's going to keep us there for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. But I do think that this team, because they've offensively gotten better on paper, defensively, they've gotten much worse. Mm-hmm. And defense was what you know made the Knicks the team that they were last season. It's the team that got to that fourth seed. It's the team that shook up the NBA and had everybody talking about them and and looking at them like, is this a new era of the New York Knicks? And I think also the team lacks identity this season. I think last season, everybody knew what their role was. I think this season, because you have so many new acquisitions and you have a lot more options, you know, Julius Randle doesn't have to be the captain of the ship anymore. He doesn't have to do everything. There's other guys to kind of give that work to. I think it's caused a lot of confusion, especially down the stretch, especially in close games. You don't know who the closer is. You don't know who to trust that ball to you don't know who's running the offense defense guys have gotten lazy you know the execution is not there it's not consistently there at least and I think there's just a lot of things that are very you know all over the place and because of that I think you're going to continue to see this very up and down style of play from them until they figure it out the biggest thing about chemistry is knowing who does what and when they do it and if you don't know that everything else around it falls apart. And I think that's what we're seeing from the Knicks. And hopefully, you know, Tibbs has made some changes to the rotation. The news, you know, broke um, today while we were filming this podcast. You know, Kemba Walker is out of the rotation. Alex Burks is going to be starting. Um, hopefully that shakes that up and gives people more definitive roles. But you need you need those job descriptions for each and every guy for this team to be successful. That That's how I feel. It's unfortunate because Kemba is really one of the better just human beings in all the NBA. That's my guy. Um, and, and it sucks for him. But you have to send a message to everybody on your team that you will be rewarded for playing productive basketball. And Kemba just has not been productive. And I think that's going to, in a way, build the chemistry on this group, right? Everyone's saying it. And, and the same thing was happening here in Brooklyn with Blake Griffin, who couldn't buy a three-point shot. He needs to book a session with Chulito. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was doing a bunch of different things on the floor. But 
his inability to hit shots coupled with the minutes he was getting, it just didn't make sense, right? And when you talk about chemistry, that's putting people in positions not only to succeed, but also, like, rewarding people for the play that they have, right? And you had that's, that's a tough call that Tibbs had to make, but he had to. Um, I, it's tough. I, I guess, I, you know, I, I like Tibbs. I love the the way he coaches. I like, I like what he brings. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give you guys a C for chemistry. I'm going to give you guys a B for chemistry because I'm also being realistic about what the end goal was, right? Like, no matter what way we cut it, the Knicks weren't going to be a championship contending team. Team, right, you guys. Success for you guys was getting back to the fourth seed, getting into the second round. Maybe you know, exceeding success would be getting to the conference finals. Right, anything, anything beyond that is icing on the cake. And I think you guys are at least on pace. Hopefully, after this rotation change, to get back into that mix for four, five, six in that area. But if you guys are like ending the season trying to compete for a play-in spot, you know what I'm saying? I think that's where we start talking about dang this chemistry in theory. I think it's still early. They got some time. I'm gonna give you guys a B in chemistry. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you both. Um, and I respect Tibbs for that. You know, for having a player that's from New York, for having a player that's Ooh. the culture and to tell him he's going to sit, that just shows, like you're saying, he's trying to wake Kimba up and most importantly, wake the team up to let him know, I, I let people know, I don't care who you are. You know what I mean? If I, if I have to make a change for the better right. of the team, I will. And I think by doing that, it's going to wake Randall up. It's going to wake uh, different players up to start playing at a level that he's looking for because – as you know, as they haven't been playing at that level. They haven't been playing with that New York grit that you love, and that's why you're a New York fan. And I think yeah. they're a prime example of just like the Bulls. They're just, you know, they got the stars coming to the games. They got social media on their side. They got all this stuff going on, and they're getting comfortable, and Tibbs are trying to get them back to that hard-nosed basketball. And the one thing that we know about Tibbs, he's going to get it out of you. And if he doesn't get that hard-nosed basketball out of you, you will sit your ass on the bench. And right. I have all respect for him because, you know, the one thing we can say about him, he doesn't care about who this person is sponsored by. He doesn't care about how much money this person is making. If, if it's for the betterment of the team, he will sit you down. And I have to agree with both of you guys. I, I want to say, like, I'm in between a B minus. Uh, like, like you, you were at a C, you were at a B. I'll say B minus only because sure. with this change, they possibly can turn back to be that team, yeah. like you're saying, to top exactly. four. But if this doesn't work right here, uh, no disrespect, Ashley, I don't see you guys coming out of this hole because I'm watching you guys now, and unfortunately, it sucks. We knew last year everything was getting played through Julius Randle, but I think, like you're saying, the different pieces now, he's actually a volume shooter. So what that means, yeah. all the listeners, he has to always have the ball in his hands to, to, to really get a rhythm going. And no mm -hmm. disrespect to Kemba, he's a volume shooter, but they're not right. in situations now that they can shoot volume. And I think um, Julius Randle this year is shooting like 32% from three. And the reason why is because he's not having the ball in his hand the whole time because he has a lot of good teammates around him. So I think now they have to figure out how can they make everybody happy but get the same results that they got out of the players from last year. And most importantly, make everybody play as hard as they played last year when the chip was on his shoulder. Accountability. I'm going to change it to a C only because... Ooh, okay. Only because these guys have chemistry outside of the game. And I think that matters. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, C minus makes it sound like they just don't like each other yeah. on the court or off the court. I'm going to give it to us. I'm going to give it a C just because I feel like the chemistry was much better Last season, but that, you know, that's not unheard of when you add new pieces. Yeah. But you spoke about something lethal that was just so on point, and that's that New York grit. Yeah. And I think that's what makes this Knicks team different than any other team in the NBA because roster for roster, they may not have the big names. They may not even be the most talented. But anybody who's ever been to New York City, who's from New York City, who spent time in New York City knows that that energy is unmatched. You cannot match that New York grit. You cannot match that that just determination, that 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 you know, that ruggedness, that you know, you can't match that energy. And I think that's what makes this Knicks team so special is that they embody that. And I think a lot of the times if you watch these games, you don't see that same grittiness. You don't see that same hunger. You don't see that same determination to prove people wrong. Knicks not even matching their own grit. Yeah, they mm. don't match the own grit of the energy in which that they come don't, from don't in a him, lot of these don't games. Don't let him do it. You don't, don't forget he's a mm, Nets mm, fan. Mm. He'll try to I'm sabotage not, you. But, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a fan, <laughs> before man. He's, before just... he's a, listen, before he's a Nets fan, he's a New Yorker, and you uh, he understands, okay. like, just like okay. I do. That grit is what gets you through a lot of situations. Right. And I think it's what made this team so special. Actually. Yeah. They were the embodiment of that. And I think there are times where they lose sight of that. Yeah. And I think if they can harness that energy once again, 
And just when they step on that court, whether it's against the Bucks, whether against the Lakers, right. the Nets, right. the Suns, if they step on the court with that energy of like, I am coming for you. Right. I may not win it, but I'm coming for you. Right. I think a lot of other things will fall into place, but sometimes they step on that court and it looks like they A, don't want to be there, right. or B, they don't know why they're there right. and they don't know what to do. And that is just drastically different than the energy we saw last season. Last year, I'm not even, a, like I said, I'm not a big fan of NBA teams. I'm a fan of individuals. But last year was fun. I, I yeah. like watching because yeah. I, I knew for a fact to y'all was going to knock somebody's tooth out. Like, I knew for a fact Randall was going to be on the floor. I knew for a fact, like like you're saying now, and it's like, Where Alfred just... Payton at? Bring back Alfred Payton. Listen, <laughs> y'all relax. need, y'all miss Alfred. He's in Phoenix. He's in Phoenix. <laughs> Look at that. Chilling. Alfred Payton back on the team. Listen. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and, and round out our top Five with topic number five. And this last question will be a fill in the blank. Oh, man. The team that gets an A plus in our certified buckets chemistry class is Christian. Go ahead. It pains me so much <laughs> to be wrong. It really does. But the Suns look good. I told they you. They look very, very, very good. Why did you think they wouldn't? I told them that because they got Chris. Chris Paul literally is like the autopilot of the. They look t- so good. He literally right now. knows how to put everybody in I told you that. You wouldn't believe me. I was, you know, I was trying to see. I, I, I don't know what I was looking at. I was watching. Well, number one, we were watching. I think DeAndre Ayton missed a bunch of games at the beginning of the season. Right, right. I forget right. what for. And they got off to that slow start. And then I was looking at the injured teams that they had to play through to get right. to where they got to in the finals. And that's still a thing, right? We don't know what they're going to look like. Like right, in the playoffs. Right, right. But these regular season Suns, boy, I'd tell you, they came through. They put a beating on the Nets the other day. I know they only lost by six, but they was down 22. You know what I'm saying? It was looking bad. They just decided to wake up at the last second because they didn't want to get embarrassed on their own home floor. Though what already happened. This is when you know a team has really good chemistry, right? When you can take a player out and put another player in and nothing looks like it changed. The the Suns traded Javon Carter to the Nets for Landry Shamit. And Landry Shamit looks like he's been playing there forever, right? He's fitting right in immediately. Um, and and I, the Suns are just a talented team, man, just top to bottom. The, the coaching is great. Front office is great. Obviously, they've got that stuff going on with ownership. But yeah. other than that, I mean, that's going to be a tough team to beat. Do I yeah. think they can beat a team like, I don't know, do I think they could beat the Lakers in a seven-game series? If the Lakers are healthy, I'm still probably saying I don't think so. I think I think the talent yeah. gap is there. Can they beat some of the other talented teams in the in the West? I, I'm not sure, right? What are they going to look like in a seven-game series against Utah? Against if, if Kawhi comes back to the Clippers, against the Clippers, I'd still think Golden State, you know what I'm saying? If, if we really wanted to go chemistry, Golden State would probably get an A+, but we already know that's the grade they're getting. I think the Suns are proving that they're not a fluke. Um, so I'm going to have to give them an A, man. That's, that's and I want to send a huge shout out to JaVale McGee. Like his right. hustle and grit, like it's on steroids. Nets had a chance to get JaVale McGee and they did Yeah, like I remember uh, last night when I was taking notes or the night before last against the Nets. I think JaVale against you guys, I think he got like five rebounds in one possession. It was like Yo, four that was players. crazy. It was crazy. And I'm just we like, don't have, a, the Nets don't have anybody that size. Yeah. One. And then on top of it, they don't have anybody that size with that, that type of energy. Hard. Yeah, exactly. That plays it's, hard. Yeah. Exactly. That plays hard. It's It's crazy. Ridiculous. But. Shout out to JaVale. I- I'm going to have to go with, and the only reason I'm going to pick this team is because everybody, nobody thought that where they'll be right now. I know they have Steph Curry and they're going to be the best, but nobody thought they'll be doing this because Clay isn't playing, because different pieces of their team isn't playing. I want to say the Warriors only because everybody in their team knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. If your role isn't to shoot in the Warriors, you don't shoot. If your role is just to play defense, you play defense. And if you're a young kid out there and you want to make it, understand what system to go to and what fits your game and try to try your best to do whatever it takes for that system to win. And the Warriors are a prime example of that. And I want to give it to the Warriors because you guys are playing great basketball all the points that Steph Curry makes, it's not just dribbling the ball, holding it for 48 48 seconds. He's giving the ball up. He's running through screens. He's getting the ball back, turning off the curl, throwing it back to Draymond. Dray- Draymond's doing a dribble Crazy. handoff with, with a different guy, coming off the down screen, kicking it back out to St- Steph Curry for the three. And the one thing we can say as basketball fans, we love watching the Warriors because they're playing real basketball. They're playing good basketball. And most importantly, like we all agree on here, they're having fun. They're out there smiling. They're out there mm. t- 
mm-hmm. taking charges. They're out there being accountable. And that's the one thing, like what Ashley's saying, she's looking for out of the Knicks. As basketball fans, we're just looking for, to see you give everything you have and out there and have fun. Don't, don't be out there looking like you're delusional. Your job is to play basketball. Go out there and give everything you have. And I can say for the Warriors right now, it's always fun when you win, absolutely. But they're having fun with the game. And I want to do a huge shout out to the Warriors. When Kevin Durant left the Warriors, I wasn't sure that they'd return to this type of team. This is you scary. know what I'm saying? Especially when you couple him leaving with Klay Thompson. I mean, not just the, I think first it was the ACL and then it was an Achilles, right? Like that, that's just tough to deal with. But for them to be operating this way, and that's without Clay, that's without Wiseman, who I think when Wiseman comes back, that's a different dynamic that they're able to oh, add to their sure. offense. It's just a completely different profile player. But I think it's just a testament. This is what this is what teams should try to emulate, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not just one year. This has been something that the Warriors have built over a decade, right? Mm. They have built a system. Mm. They've built a culture to where it doesn't matter who is out. They can just plug different guys in. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, first it was Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes, they upgraded Harrison Barnes to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant leaves. Okay, now it's Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is playing that role perfectly. He doesn't have to be the superstar scorer mm-hmm. that KD was, but they didn't really need that. That KD was overkill, right? Now you've got a guy like like Wiggins who's playing that role, and you've got Steve Kerr. That staff has always been amazing. I mean, they. I mean, you've got to give them an A-plus chemistry. I mean, what's it's above such a, a plus? good system. Absolutely. <laughs> a plus plus. Absolutely. I'm actually going to go ahead and give my A plus to the Miami Heat. Sure, oh, wow. yeah. 100%. You know, I've told the story before. I'm a big fan of the Miami Heat. I know that's taboo as a Knicks fan, but, you know, I covered that team a couple of years when I was on Miami Sports Radio. And I've been a big fan of just the organization and how it's run from top to bottom. I mean, it is a top notch you know, just high class organization. I, I'm a huge fan of Coach Spo. I think he does not get enough credit for the type of coach that he is. But also, I think that with the acquisition of PJ Tucker and specifically Kyle Lowry, I mean, if you watch, Lowry, Lowry puts this team in a position to where they're, they're, you know, moving and grooving in the current possession, but he's already thinking about the next play yeah. and what he's going to do to put his guys in a position to win. And I think it's really tapped into different levels of Bam Adebayo, uh, Bam Adebayo and, and Jimmy Butler. Tyler Hero's looking incredible coming off the bench. I mean, he's definitely an early six-man-of-the-year candidate. And I think also Coach Spo, man, because he knows these guys so well, right. mm-hmm. and because he, a lot of them, he has seen come into this organization as rookies, and he's been part of their development as as players and as people. You know the way he's able to manipulate this rotation and change it from game to game, and it works is truly brilliant. I mean, I think he's one of the best in the NBA at doing so. Um, you know, he he knows his guys so well that he can just plug different people in, much like we talk about the with Warriors. the Warriors, mm-hmm. and. It works mm-hmm. like he can put Bam in a position to win, regardless of if it's the same unit that he played last game. He can put Jimmy in a position to win, regardless of if it's the same unit from last, you know, last game. And I think that is credit to a really good coach. And I think that that unpredictability and that constant element of surprise and that moving rotation—it's just a constant moving rotation—is going to you know, surprise a lot of the guys that they have to play, a lot of these teams that they have to play because you can't prepare for a team that constantly surprises you. Mm -hmm. All you can do is prepare to go to war with them. But you can't really prepare for a certain type of team that you're going to face because it may be a different team than you saw on the film. And I think that's brilliant. And I think, you know, it's something that a lot of coaches should aspire to do and aspire to be. And I think this Miami team, obviously, you know, they get a little rocky around January, February. We've seen that from them consistently. But I think if this is a team that can kind of remain on this this course, you can't sleep on this Miami Heat team. And, and obviously, given health and things like that, I think this is a team that can go really, really far and, you know, piss off a lot of other teams and give them some problems. I would not sleep on the Miami Heat at all. You know, covering the Nets, there's only two teams that I'm really concerned about in a playoff series, right? And that'd be Milwaukee and Miami. Um, When when you talk about grit from a Knicks perspective, I mean, the Heat have that and have had that for, what, decades now, right? That's just embedded into their culture. Um, so when you talk about surprises, I think, yes, they can surprise you in a bunch of different ways. But one thing that's not a surprise, they are always going to give you 110, 115% diving after every loose ball. And then you've got the right they guys better, to you do know, that. Pat, I mean, Pat Rowley, man, he ain't playing, yeah. man. He's sitting up there. He's ready to cut somebody. So, yeah. Listen. So I think those are the two. We, we, I think we, we've just touched on two of the gold standards in terms yeah. of like team building and, and, and organizational culture in terms of Golden State. And, and Miami, and even if you see what Phoenix is doing, at least from the front office level, right, for what, what James Jones has been able to do in terms of the team he's assembled 
For sure. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys, you know, grading these teams with me in this edition of Three on Five. Whose grades were the best? That's a different conversation. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like lethal over here, the Russian judge. Things we love to see. <laughs> All right, that does it for three on five. Let's let's go check out and see what's going down on the timeline. You know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL. Okay, first thing on the timeline, Speed Edition. Jack Dorsey is stepping down. The co-founder of Twitter has decided to leave his post. Safe to say some shakeups with the app may be coming. Ashley, I'm going to go to you first because, I mean, you, you're probably one of the most creative people we got on this podcast. All together. Twitter Aww. queen. If you Twitter could, queen. Facts. Twitter queen, except for <laughs> except in Milwaukee where you blocked by the bus. And bucks. Toronto, apparently. Oh, Damn. Jeez. No, we, we came to terms with our beef, though, so I think I'm okay in Toronto. Okay, all right, so you're valid right. in Toronto, not so much yeah. in Miami, but if okay. you were... No, Milwaukee. I'm valid Milwaukee, in Miami. Yes, Don't excuse try me. Yeah, no, you're good in Milwaukee, but you're good in Miami, not in Milwaukee. Either way, if you could change one thing about Twitter... Oh, easy. What would it be? Give us an edit button, please. Edit. I, I don't know how I feel about the Here's edit the button because you no, can no, have some here, frauds out there here, changing here, here, here. their initial, no, no. initial tweets and stuff. An edit button within a certain window. So like, say like after 30 seconds, you have, you know, within 30 seconds of posting a tweet, you have 30 seconds to edit it, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but I am a stickler for grammar. Mm-hmm. I am a stickler Twitter. for punctuation. I don't care about grammar. There and, and there. Like, and sometimes, you know, I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys, but like I've live tweeted and I've been distracted tweeting. I think one time I tweeted out, you know, when the Lakers and Warriors were playing each other at the top of the season, I was like, yo, I really need a Lakers Warriors finals, but I didn't put WC in front of it, right? Mm. Yo, the trolls were like, oh, you don't know sports? You want a finals? I'm, I'm like, bro, y'all never made a y'all never made a typo. Like <laughs> I can't I'm I'm trying to like I think if they give people like maybe even 15 seconds yeah. to like edit something, yeah. it would take away a lot of like, you know, Twitter beefs and wars and things like that. So that's what I want. A, Did a you here's my question though, Ash. Did you notice that I Error it. in no. the first 30 seconds? Yo, like, did the I trolls come for you in, in Listen, five seconds or less? I literally tweeted it and within 10 seconds deleted it and it was already screenshotted by the trolls. Like, it, I didn't, like, you can even see Jeez. in the tweet to this day when they, they post it and they're like, oh, you don't know sports. There's no retweets, no likes, and it says the tweet has been deleted. That's how quickly I caught it. But I can't be, you know, fast enough for guys who don't have things to do with their life. I was you know just what about I mean? to like, say, it's... maybe we don't need a, we don't need an edit, but maybe we need to find these guys some hobbies. Lethal, what you, <laughs> you, know what you thinking? If you could, if you could change, <laughs> make a change to Twitter, what would it be? I have to agree. Sometimes, you know, if uh, I want to be the first one out to do something, I might get too excited and misspell a lot of words. I would mm. love to have an edit button. Like she's saying, 10 seconds. Because you, like you said, it's, it's some creeps out here where something will go viral that an hour later right. they change the whole damn tweet to something stupid. Right. So right. I agree with you. Like, um, So if everybody's listening from Twitter, you know, make, make that edit button. I think, you know, for me, you know what I'm saying, this is for DMing purposes. Um, I, I think I would like to see a little green bubble next to someone's name if they're online, like actively on the app. Mm, and then if y'all not, need to hold it, on to these gray. ideas, y'all can you know sell this. Y'all talking too crazy Ish. on here. I, I know got better ideas too, too but I don't. I sell you know, these. No, no free game. No free game from Certified me. The game is to be they sold. They about to use y'all stuff and give it to them. <laughs> game is to be sold, not to be told. That's what a, a wise person was told me. Moving on I to think the, they're already, wait, I think they're already working on that, so I don't probably, think we're doing anything groundbreaking yeah. here. Either way, yeah. I think that would be, I, I would like to see that. You know what I'm saying? I need to know if, if my slide is going to be seen in the moment or in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Because if you slide into somebody <laughs> DMs, you know what I'm saying? That that link, that, that little gap between when you send it and when someone <laughs> sees it, that anxiety start going crazy. Like, nah, I want to know that they're online the when I'm DM. sliding the DMs. You know what I'm saying? How many DMs are you sliding in that you need that kind of comfort? <laughs> how, many, how many threes does Steph, shoot, Steph Curry shoot in a season? Oh, right. okay. Yeah, shoot, I'm, shoot. I'm not Respect, in that many DMs. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm, I'm, I'm minding my business. Copy and paste. Copy and paste. Copy and paste. You know the vibes. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do any of that. <laughs> Moving on to the next thing on the timeline. And of course, we got to talk about Steph Curry real quick because that boy is vicious. During Sunday's victory against the Clippers, Steph got a technical foul. And and honestly, he got fouled, right? He was going up for a layup. Uh, I forget who the Clippers, I think it was Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann rotates over, jumps up, and he bumps into him, knocks him off his path. And Steph is just hot. And he curses out the referee and gets a tech. And what's worse than just dealing with regular Steph Curry is dealing with mad Steph Curry. And why? You don't want Steph Curry to be mad because then he's just going to tear you up. 
And that's what he did. And he Not only did he hit a three, he hit back-to-back threes after that. And then he did a little fake technical foul sign as a mock to the referees, right? I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous at the, the level that he's performing at. And, and last week, we were talking about our favorite courtside moments, right? I think we we spoke about that a little bit. So, Ashley, I'm going to you. You know, what are some of your play, your favorite player and ref moments in NBA history? Um, I have to... <laughs> mine's probably when Joey Crawford, you know, uh, ejected... Tim Duncan for laughing. Oh, yeah. Remember on the bench? Oh, man. And, and Tim Duncan's laugh. I don't even remember what he was laughing at, but he was laughing. And then Crawford gave him a tech and then he kept laughing and then he got ejected from the game. I believe that's the way it went. But it was just kind of like, can you even do that? Like it was it was concerning because I was yeah. like, is that even legal? He's probably and that's why he's probably the most hated referee of all time. But I mean, I remember watching that and, and seeing the highlights later on when I could really digest what I was looking at. And I was like, there's no way in hell this man actually did that. I, like, how is this even OK? You remember like, when Rasheed Wallace got ejected for looking at the ref the wrong way? Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's was hilarious. That's the one I was about to pick because <laughs> I, I think back then, you know, the refs weren't afraid. I'm not saying the refs are afraid now, but when Rasheed yeah. did that, you we all know why he how he looked at him. The ref was like, you know what? Get your big ass. You're you're out of here. You're out of <laughs> you're out of here, man. So that that was actually the moment. And then Rasheed was like, what the f- what I do? You know what I mean? So right. that was my moment too. That was crazy. shout out to officials, man. They don't have the easiest job. I couldn't imagine trying no, to get all those calls. No, shout out to the officials this year because they are calling the games the right way and they're not mm. afraid. So shout give out them to they that. flowers. Give these officials they flowers. They doing their thing. And another person we got to give our flowers, and this is sad. Uh, we lost another legend. Uh, sad to see this on the timeline, but rest in peace, rest in power to Virgil Abloh. I mean, died on Saturday, and and you know it's real when when. When, when Louis V is tweeting out the news, right? Because they tweeted out. I was like, whoa. They came from their account. He died on Sunday in Chicago after a two-year battle with cardiac angiosarcoma. I hope I said that right. A rare cancer. He was 41 years old. Uh, Ash, I mean, you you the resident style style person in the in the in the <laughs> podcast. You know what I'm saying? You always you always fly. Yeah. Talk about what he brought, not just to fashion, but also pop culture and sports. I mean, first of all, I mean, Virgil was Louis Vuitton's first black creative director. It's Speaks groundbreaking. Speaks for itself, yeah. You know, I'm sorry, artistic director is the proper term. But I mean, it's groundbreaking. I mean, it, it shattered ceilings that were reserved for white men, you yeah. know, usually European men also at that. So, mm. you know, to have, you know, a black man with that type of creative power and, you know, ability to change the way that fashion is looked at, um, was so important, but also from, you know, a streetwear concept, from a streetwear perspective. I mean, Off-White was groundbreaking, but not only that, I mean, if you've ever read his book, Something's Off, it's a big coffee table book. If you don't own it, I would recommend it, especially if you're a sneakerhead. I mean, if you look at the way that he, you know, designed, it was brilliant. I mean, he really worked from the inside out. I mean, every detail of a shoe was important. It was more about than just slapping a bunch of colorways on a shoe and constantly changing it that way and making it a quote unquote new shoe. For him, every single detail of a shoe had to be you know, different for it to be different. Every shoe was art to him. Every Everything he created was art. And that was in the smallest of details, the things that maybe even the naked eye wouldn't even notice, to the biggest of details, the things that, you know, he became known for. And it was that kind of dedication to his craft that was so, you know, groundbreaking and innovative and, you know, copied and will continue to be copied by so many, you know, high-end designers and also streetwear designers. And to have a brand that you know, was accessible to not only just the athletes and the celebrities, but I mean, you can see just quote unquote regular folks, you know, in the streets, you know, who are big into the fashion game. Off-White was available to them too. And it made, you know, them feel that luxury was accessible and it was luxury that was created by somebody who looked like you and who came from where you came from and who understand, who understood your struggle. And I think having that relatability in fashion, you know, is, is so important because it doesn't exist as much as it should. And, and Virgil was changing that. And I think it, that's why you see so many people were so receptive of what he did, you know, across the board, yeah. you know, color, you know, religion, creed, you know, fashion is one of those things that, you know, art, art is something that is just, it's beautiful and fashion is art. And, you know, it breaks down the barriers of race and the things that separate us. And nobody did that quite like Virgil. And it's definitely going to be a loss, you know, from high fashion to, you know, sneaker culture to streetwear. And, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with his wife and his two kids and his entire family. And 
you know, one thing about art is, you know, when you create exceptional art like he did, it lives forever, even Facts. after, you know, you're gone. And, you know, I feel grateful and and we should all feel grateful that somebody of, of that creative talent shared his art with us, even if it was just for a short time and that we have that to remember him by. And, you know, I, I hope that um, Off-White and Louie and, you know, they manage his legacy and they they manage it well because it's an important one to the culture and, and to fashion. So. Yeah, Ash, that was that was really well said. Just, you know, just another reminder, you got to give folks their flowers while they're here with us. You know what I'm saying? Because they might not be here with us tomorrow. And if they're not here, it's too late to give them to them. So, yeah, show people love, give them flowers, make them smile, all that. Absolutely. And that closes out this is this installment of On the Timeline. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. And you know what they say. Birds of a feather get buckets together. That's right. It's the certified bucket of the week. Once again, Josh makes me look like a clown, but it is what it is. <laughs> Birds of a feather get buckets together. Thanks, Josh. Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the certified bucket of the week. At first, I was going to go with Steph Curry because he's been shooting like a mutant, but I got to go with Devin Booker. Um, I was taking notes, like I told you guys, the Knicks and um, against the Nets and the Suns. And Devin Booker's ability to control his pace in the game is just remarkable. And before Chris Paul came to the Suns, he was doing this. With Chris Paul on the team, he's doing this. So that tells us that Devin Booker is who he thought we was and who he is, is a bona fide killer on the court. So I got to go with Devin Booker, 30 points against the Nets. He's averaging 23.9 points per game, and he's the West Western Conference Player of the Week. So keep doing your thing, Devin Booker. You already know what it is, man, family. I agree with that. Devin Booker came through and torched the Nets. Yeah. Um, But my certified bucket... It's actually going to an X-Net. Oh. D'Angelo Russell oh. is out here balling out. Yeah. And when he plays well, I think he can be a real difference maker, right? Like, mm. obviously, the Nets had to choose between a future around D'Angelo Russell and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right? And you'd right. go Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving 10 times out of 10. But D'Angelo Russell can hit big shots, right? He's a guy who can get his other, other teammates involved. He's a, a very, very gifted passer. You know what I'm saying? When you have a guy who can do both of those things, you can build around that. And, and what did he have, 33 points or something like that? He had 33 points, 35 points, excuse me, eight assists against the 76ers. Huge win for them. Um, and and his Timberwolves are 10 and 10 right now. And the Wolves are a team I feel like I always, I look at the Wolves the same way I look at the Kings, right? I don't care what you got going on every year. I'm writing you in as missing the playoffs. This year, it feels different. This year, it feels like the Timberwolves have an actual chance at making the playoffs, at least making the play-in. And then from the play-in, anything can happen. Um, and and D'Angelo Russell is a big part of that. So he gets my certified bucket of the week. And uh, I really hope he keeps it going. No, absolutely. I agree. Agree with all of that. And my, you know, my certified bucket, it's, it's painful to give it to him because of the way he gave it to my Knicks. Uh -oh. But I got to go with Devin Booker. Oh, oh all right, he's so listen. <laughs> 30-piece nugget. Listen. That's how he you also know Booker's is the, a problem. He also is this week's Western Conference Player of the Week. So shout out to him. Listen, 32 points versus the Knicks. 30 points versus the Brooklyn Nets. He's averaging 23 points a game. Listen, Devin Booker is like watching poetry in motion. Yes. Yeah. And there's only mm -hmm. a few players that I say that about. I feel the same way about Kyrie Irving. I think he has some of the most beautiful handles, just the, uh, the deepest bag in the NBA that I think I've ever seen. I agree. Or I've seen in a very long time. Feel the same way about Devin Booker. First of all, his mid-range game. Crazy. Like, Jesus. Beautiful. It's unbelievable. Beautiful. It's automatic. It's just, it's it's poised. It's concise. Exactly. It's just, it's dedicated. Shh. I mean, he is just so damn good Shh. at playing basketball. Mm, he is mm, mm. so damn good at scoring. He's so damn good at shooting the ball. Basketball And Jones. it's almost like, it's so frustrating because you watch him play and he's giving your team work and you can't help but give him props. You can't, you can't be mad. Mm -mm. You can't be mad at him when he does what he does because he does it so damn well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, look, Devin Booker, he's only going to get better, mm -hmm. man. I know a lot of people say that you know, how much better can Devin Booker get? I think, you know, this is the best of him. Where he's going to get better. Mm -hmm. I mean, his, his one of his idols is Kobe Bryant and him and Kobe had many conversations and the constant just 1% better is engraved in his DNA. And it's he's just so good. Like, it's so maybe, frustrating. Maybe this is what happens when you don't get double teamed in practice. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you know, right? Walk him up. So I was good because he was complaining ball, about. Yeah, you know he was I mean? complaining send, about that. Yo, send Devin Booker to the Rucker. I want to see how he moves. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Fifty. He gonna tear the Rucker. He gonna tear up any right. party. Listen, but to. they they double you in Rucker. They yeah, they play D up. Those there, are mere so. mortals doubling him. Not not league players. He's going. Not mere mortals. Yeah, hey, listen. That's what we all. Some are. of the greatest ball players who never made the league are at the Rucker. I right? put some that's respect on their name. Yeah, Devin gonna make them realize why they ain't make the league. Unfortunately, shout out to the Mecca, right? Because them handles and them buckets is not why they're not in the league just know that all right guys well that is a wrap for this episode of certified buckets how you feeling fellas we put on our little teacher hat you feel me i, I never thought i'd be a professor one day but i guess you know what i'm saying with on uninterrupted we, and certified you, buckets anything is possible should we call you christian winsfield phd no or no 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 phd no? on this side just rn okay just checking. Christ, christian winfield rn <laughs> oh i feel great like register I, nurse no <laughs> Definitely not registered nurse. Hey, don't oh, don't okay. sleep on nurse. You know, nurses get money, bro. <laughs> no, but, yeah, um, nurses out here doing the thing. <laughs> but I, like I always say, man, it's always cool jumping on the line with two amazing sports minds. And uh, it's just an honor to be on this show. And uh, I learned a lot being with you guys. And I look forward to next week. Aw, lethal with the feels. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, guys, if you enjoyed all of what you heard this episode and all of the previous ones, make sure you do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. And don't forget to shoot your shot like Christian does in the Twitter DMs at social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. But until then, we are out. Peace. Peace.